Let's read the word for today from Acts chapter 7, verse 44, 48, and 49. Let's read together. In the desert, our ancestors had the tent of God's promise. Moses built this tent exactly as God had told him. He used the model he had seen. However, the Most High doesn't live in a house built by humans. As the prophet says, the Lord says, heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. What kind of a house are you going to build for me? Where will I rest? You know, the story of the Bible opens with God creating earth. Through his word alone, he creates mountains and rivers, stars and seas, animals and plants. He creates Eden. And in Eden, he makes man and woman, not creates, which is to make something out of nothing. He makes man. He forms. He uses his own hands to fashion. He builds. He forms Adam from dust and he makes Eve from Adam. So he created a place for their existence and their presence, but he built them for the purpose of his presence. And then he brings his presence to them. He walks with them. He talks with them. He communes with them. But then sin enters the world and separates man from God's presence because God's presence could only be in a holy, sinless place. So God had created the place for his presence, which was Eden, and God built man for the purpose of his presence. But sin meant that man now had to build a place for the purpose of God's presence. So we see man building altars and temples and tabernacles. We see man constructing and building places that have been set apart for God's presence. Exodus 25, verse eight and nine, God is speaking and he says, have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so that I can live among them. You must build this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the pattern I will show you. God has always wanted to dwell among his people. God has always intended to dwell with his people. And so God tells Moses, I need you to build something for me. I need you to build something that can house my presence. I need you to build the place that my presence can break through. I need you to build something holy that can contain the weight of my presence. And today, I want to share with us on building for the breakthrough. God tells Moses, I want to be among my people. I want to live among them. I want to dwell among them. And so I need you to follow the pattern I need you to do exactly as I command. I need you to make sure that this tabernacle is up to my standard because if you do, I will put my presence there and I will be able to live among my children. 
And the Bible says in Exodus 40, verse 34 and 35, then the cloud, the Shekinah, God's visible dwelling presence covered the tent of meeting and the glory and brilliance of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud remained on it and the glory and the brilliance of the Lord filled the tabernacle. This is what we want, isn't it? This is what we want in this church. This is what we want in all of our ministries. This is what we want in everything that we are building and we are producing and we are creating. This is what we want in our very lives. This is what we want in our marriages and in our families. We, this is what we want in us, in our businesses, in the work of our life. We want the glory and the brilliance of the Lord to find a place to inhabit in what we are building. We want to successfully build something that can carry the presence of God, but getting what we want will be determined by how we build. A few verses before this one that says the glory of the Lord came into this tent. It says Moses followed the Lord's instructions. In fact, the Lord said, or as the Lord commanded, or as the Lord directed, appears over 45 times in the one story of building the tabernacle. In these few eight chapters in Exodus, where God is giving the instructions to Moses, it says, as the Lord commanded, as the Lord instructed, as the Lord showed, as the Lord gave direction, 45 times. Exodus 25, 40 says, be sure that you make everything according to the pattern that I have shown you here on the mountain. The unmistakable, clear, and repeated focus throughout the tabernacle construction is that it is being built exactly as God commanded. There was no opinion that influenced where this was going. There was no personal interpretation of how this was meant to be. It was done precisely. It was done accurately. It was done obediently. From start to finish, it is conceived, designed, and overseen by God. And you know what I love about this story? The tabernacle was built through free will offerings and voluntary service. Throughout the book of Exodus, we'll see things like everyone whose hearts prompted them, everyone who's willing, all the Israelite men and women who were willing, those whose hearts moved them. God did not force his people to be involved. They were willing. God never intended to force people to create the place for his presence. He did not manipulate. He did not insist. He did not demand. He did not arm twist. It was purely an exercise of those who were willing. You see, God wanted the people to build him a place, but even more so, he wanted them to want to build him a place. Let me say that again. God wanted the people to build him a place, but even more than that, God wanted people who wanted to build him a place. God called skilled builders and skilled craftsmen. In fact, the first time the Holy Spirit is ever mentioned and introduced in the Bible is in this story. And it's about the infilling of a builder. 
one who was anointed to put his skills to work to build the place where God would meet with man. It says in Exodus 35, the Lord has filled Bezalel with the spirit of God, making him highly skilled, resourceful, and knowledgeable in all trades. I, I, I don't care what kind of career or background or life path you are on, wouldn't you want that to be true of you? Then the Lord has filled Rebecca with the spirit of God, making her highly skilled, resourceful, and knowledgeable in all traits. Wouldn't you want to put your name in there and say, because of the spirit of God, I've been given knowledge, I've been given wisdom, I've been given understanding in all kinds of skills. Church, from the beginning, God was ready to empower and enable those who were building the place for his presence. God did not just give a directive and leave it up to you to do it out of your own strength and out of your own ability and out of your own knowledge. God said, I want you to build me a place, but see, I have chosen Bezalel and I have put my spirit in him and I have made him knowledgeable and I have given him wisdom. God empowers us and enables us because skill alone is not enough. I must have the spirit of God. Skill alone is not enough. It has to be spirit led because God made it clear that he would never inhabit a place that was not built according to his standards. And I don't know if you've ever read the book of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, Chronicles, Ezekiel, but God is a detailed God. God has some very clear instructions. God isn't like, Ebu, make a place and just, you know, make it nice. Make it nice so I come. I mean, God is talking about what types of flowers and how many hooks and what kind of cloth and what color it should be and what type of angels and what kind of weaving. He's detailed because he knows for me to put the weight of my presence here, it has to meet my standards. He says over and over, be careful to follow all I have commanded. Be careful to do what I have instructed. Later on, we see Solomon build a temple in 1 Kings and in Chronicles. This story is repeated. But from the very beginning of the building of the temple, we see some stark differences between the tabernacle and the temple. You see, in the tabernacle, God was the chief designer and director, but in the temple, David and Solomon were. God does not appear very involved in the building of the temple. He does not initiate building it. He gives no design input, and he does not oversee the instruction. Instead of the story being dominated by God, it is dominated by Solomon and two Canaanites from Tyre. In fact, all of the text of the building of the temple, you see in the tabernacle, almost all of it is in first person. God is saying, I want you to do this and I want you to add this. Build almond blossoms, hammer it out of gold, do this and do that. God is speaking directly involved. Never once does he speak in the building of the temple. Instead, it says that Solomon lined the interior walls. Solomon made a pair of cherubim. Solomon made narrow windows. And that's not the only difference. In the building of the temple, the laborers were forced. In 1 Kings 5, Solomon conscripts the Israelites to work 
30,000 men from all over Israel and 150,000 men of unknown nationality. You see, in the tabernacle, God chose from his people. In the temple, Solomon brought those who were mixed and who were from the outside. Solomon's approach to building the temple was more similar to Pharaoh's oppressive enslavement than Moses' free will approach to building the tabernacle. In fact, it was the building of the temple that eventually sparked a civil war that split the children of Israel into two nations. In the tabernacle, the craftsmen were selected by God, selected from among God's people, and empowered by God's uh, Holy Spirit filling their God-given talents. In the temple, however, Hurim is selected by Solomon, not by God. He is half Israelite and half Canaanite. He is talented, yes, but scripture never mentions that he is empowered or enabled by the Spirit of God. Here's something else that's fascinating. In the old In the old tabernacle, God commands that the wood to be used in everything from the pillars to the cross beams to many of the items of furniture use acacia wood. Acacia is mentioned 26 times in Exodus, never cedar. But in the building of the temple, cedar is mentioned 17 times and never acacia. Acacia, we know acacia trees. This is one of the reasons I love this. It's just so common for us. God is telling people in a wilderness, build a place for me. And because God is just so wonderful, he's not saying, I want forest oak and I want Chinese gypsum and I want something shifted. God says, I want you to use what is readily available to you, what is right in front of you. In fact, the acacia tree survives in arid climates because it has a long tap root that goes down and finds water. Acacia is very uh, sturdy and hardy. It can survive. It can bear weight. And God isn't telling the people, what I want you to build for me is going to be complicated and beyond the resources you already have. God tells the children, what I want you to build to hold my presence, I've already made it available to you. But Solomon uses cedar. In 2 Samuel 7, it says, King David lived in his house, a palace, and the Lord had given him rest from his surrounding enemies. The king said to Nathan the prophet, see now I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God rests within tent curtains. And Nathan said to the king, notice it's not God. Nathan said to the king, go do everything that's in your heart for the Lord is with you. But it happened that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan saying, go tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, should you build the one to build me a house for, uh, in which to dwell? For I have not dwelt in a house since the day I brought the sons and descendants of Israel up from Egypt, even to this day. I have been moving about in a tent, even in a tabernacle, wherever I have gone with all the Israelites. Did I speak a word to any from the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel asking, why have you not built for me a house of cedar? In other words, it was David and Solomon's idea and desire to build God a cedar house, but God never asked or commanded them to. And I do believe that David's heart was pure in wanting to give God something of worth. But listen, church, in the Bible, 
Cedar most often represents pride, self-exaltation, and arrogance. Cedar was expensive and only available to the very wealthy and the very prestigious. Now, I'm not saying we don't give God our best, but so many times we will give into the pressure that we have to use cedar. What is fancy? What is trending? What is around us? Instead of acacia, what is available? What is common? We feel pressured to use the ideas, the methods, the ways, and the materials of the world. Things that sound advanced, things that sound modern, things that sound prestigious, things that sound fancy. Don't despise the acacia that God has asked you to use. Don't look down on what is surrounding you for you to build a place for God's presence. It's very interesting to me to note that in 1 Kings 9-11, Solomon gives Hiram 20 towns in Galilee as payment for the cedar. The king of Israel gave the promised land back to the Canaanites as a payment for this expensive cedar. Solomon gave up what the generation before him had worked hard to conquer. Solomon gave up his inheritance in order to afford cedar. Solomon gave up what God gave him. Solomon was under pressure to build this temple with this material that was so expensive, that was so inaccessible, that he gave up 20 towns. Church, what are you being pressured to give up in order to build something that you think is impressive or you're being pressured to build by family? How does all of this apply to us? Do you not know and understand that you, the church, are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells permanently in you collectively and individually? If anyone destroys the temple of God, corrupting it with false doctrine, God will destroy the destroyer. For the temple of God is holy, sacred, and that is what you are. Another translation says, do you not know that you are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price, purchased with a preciousness and paid for, made his own. So then honor God and bring him glory where? In your body. We want somewhere for the glory and the brilliance of the Lord to be able to rest, to be able to break through, 
to be carried to his people. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer the spiritual sacrifices that please God. You know, in the book of Ezekiel, the prophet saw a vision of the glory of God on wheels. And I believe that it was pointing to this day, the day that Jesus would be the final sacrificial lamb and the old of the old system. And Jesus would usher in the new system where God's presence is not static. It is not stuck in a building. Now the glory is on wheels. Now the glory can move from one place to another. Now you no longer have to come just to this house to encounter his glory because now that I am the temple now that you are the temple the glory moves with me the glory goes with me when I step into a business meeting I have brushed in the glory and the brilliance of God when I step onto my campus I have carried with me the glory and the brilliance of God the temple is on wheels now the temple can move now yes there is a glory in this house because collectively we are the temple but you are the temple I am the temple church now we are the buildings and we are the builders you are the building and you are the builder the scripture says you are the temple and you are the priests so how are you going to build God's temple are you going to be built up and are you going to build according to God's directions? What standard is your life going to be built and measured by? Be very careful to follow the commands I've given. Be very careful. If you want this tabernacle to house and to carry the full weight of my power and my authority, and my healing, and my breakthrough. Be very careful that you do not move from the pattern I have set for you. And over and over in that pattern, God says, it must be holy. It must be holy. It must not be mixed. It must not be corrupted. It must not be used for personal gain. It must not be used for personal uplifting. It must be kept separate. It must be kept set apart. Why? Because I want to live with my people. Because I never intended to not be with my people. Because I need a, I need a vehicle. I need a place for my presence. I need to look down and say, there. I can put my glory there. Him, I can put my glory on him, her. I can put the power and the healing virtue that's within me on her. God is looking for people when they walk into the WhatsApp conversation, the glory of God just entered in. God is looking for people when there are tents and breaking family meetings happening. When you walk into the room, you have a standard of holiness and separation that God says, I can put peace on you. I can put unity on you. I can put healing on you. I can put all of my power and all of my authority on you. And when you walk in, things shift. Things change. The temple is on wheels now. Am I going to build like Moses with what I am building being conceived, designed, and overseen by God? Or am I going to build like Solomon? 
Ephesians 2.20 says, you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself, the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined, bound, welded together harmoniously, and it continues to rise, grow, increase into a holy temple to the Lord, a sanctuary dedicated, consecrated, sacred to the presence of the Lord in him and in fellowship with one another. You yourselves are also being built up into this structure with the rest to form a fixed abode, a dwelling place of God in, by, and through the Spirit. Club A12, when you get on your phone, when you post on TikTok, are you creating a place that God says, I can put my glory on that post. I can put my glory on that influence. All of us, we are being built for more so that we can build for breakthrough, build for more. Church, it's not just singers and dancers. It's not just creatives. It is the kingdom of God. It is his sons and his daughters. It is you, it is me. If we are not building it God's way, then we're not building it for God to inhabit. We're not building for his presence or his power. Psalms 137, verse 1 through 4, it says, Beside the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept as we thought of Jerusalem. We put away our harps, hanging them on the branches of poplar trees. For our captors demanded a song for us. Our tormentors insisted on a joyful hymn. Sing us one of these songs of Jerusalem. But how can we sing the songs of the Lord while we're in a pagan land? I don't know if any of you remember a couple of years ago, Pastor Alfie preached from this text and it it was one of those messages that just never left me in Babylon in the world the children of Israel are missing Zion but they should have been singing why because Babylon was asking for a song and Babylon was not asking them to sing one of their own songs The world is not asking us to regurgitate what they're already doing. The world is not asking us to do what they're already doing. The world is looking at us saying, will you sing a song of Zion? Will you bring the song of healing? Will you bring the song? They've tried their own songs. They've tried their own ways. They've been to their own buildings. The world is looking for and desperately needs his presence But God is looking and desperately needs someone who will build something for his presence to break through. God is looking for people who will be the people that can be the temple on wheels. God is not looking for someone else to join in the family fight. God is not looking for someone else to go do the trending thing on their campus. God is not looking for someone else to gossip and to lust. God is not looking for someone else to be lazy and not want to be a part of building this beautiful tabernacle. God is looking for someone where he says, I desire to be among the people. I want to dwell. I want to be with them. Build me a sanctuary. Build me a tabernacle. Build me something I can rest my glory on. Church, build me a business that I can bring my glory to. 
Build me a marriage that I can rest my power in. Build me a family that I can look at this family and say, this family can carry my presence. Build a career that I can say this one can take the weight of my presence. Are you building something that God can break through? Are you the temple he can reside in? You, you, me, am I the place God will look and say, her, put my glory on her, put my presence on her. Will your business be where God can break through to his people? Will your TikTok account be where God can break through to his people? Will your productions and your creative expressions be where God can break through to his people? Will your marriage be where the Babylonians hear the song of Zion? Will your family be that place? Will your home be that place? Will your classroom be that place? Will your cell group be the place that God sells? I want to be with my people. And there's this group here. They are holy. They are set apart. They have followed the standards. They have kept themselves from becoming mixed. And I'm going to put healing on these people. This is a place. This is a living room. This is a, this is a meeting. I can put the weight of my presence. Are you that person? Am I that person? God, the city is desperate. My neighborhood is desperate. My friends, my followers on Instagram are desperate. They're crying out, sing the song of Zion. And God is saying, Rebecca, give me a place. I can put the weight of my glory. Will I be the vessel? Will I be the temple built up so that I can build? God, will I allow you to bring me back to the standard, being very careful to do all that you have commanded, keeping myself qualified, keeping myself available, not being forced to say, God, here is my talent. Here is my skill. I want to build a place for your glory. Lord, let the hearts of the Nairobi Lighthouse Church men and women be moved to build a place for the glory of God. Let my heart compel me to build a place for the glory of God. Have the people of Nairobi Lighthouse Church build me a holy sanctuary so that I can live among them. You must build it and its furnishings exactly according to the pattern. I will show you. Lord, may you find that person in me. In Jesus' name, amen.